0: Welcome to the Healthy Skin Show with Jennifer Fugo, where we're flipping everything you've been told about your chronic skin issues upside down
1: and connecting you with alternative solutions your dermatologist never told you about. Welcome back to episode number 214 of the Healthy Skin Show. In today's episode, we are gonna be talking about a substance that your body makes called bile. It's not something sexy that's been glamorized all over the internet like liver detoxes have, but bile is equally important to your liver's function and it makes sure to help maintain the health of the GI tract while also helping to rid you of certain things that your body needs to get out, including mycotoxins. So we are going to be talking today about that mycotoxin bile connection and what you need to do to help yourself if you've been exposed to mold or you've been dealing with mold illness. I'm really excited to share this episode with you. I learned a ton as always from my guest, Dr. Jill Krista, but first I wanted to give a shout out to one of our listeners, Mindy838. She left a five-star review over on iTunes, which I deeply appreciate. Thank you so much, Mindy. She shared that thanks to the Healthy Skin Show, I actually was able to start my own alternative health journey and work with a practitioner who was a guest on the show. This show introduced me to functional medicine. I trust Jennifer's information and have learned so much from her expertise. Thank you for putting this information out there and letting us know there is hope. Even though I'm still working on fixing my various issues, I finally feel hopeful with all the progress that I have made. I have to tell you guys that this is one of the main reasons that I created and continue to host the Healthy Skin Show because it's all about not only giving you hope, but also connecting you with the right individuals and having the guests on the show that I get. I'm so deeply honored that they have joined me But I am so honored as well to be a part of your healing journey and that I could facilitate a small piece of that process for you is such a deep honor. And so know that I appreciate each and every one of you who's listening out there. I love our community. And don't worry, I've still got plenty of information and insight to share with you coming up in the future. But if you haven't done so yet, please leave a review of the Healthy Skin Show. It does mean a lot, not only to me, but also to somebody who's looking for this type of information so that they know tuning into the show is valuable and worth their time. As I previously mentioned, Dr. Jill Krista is back today. If for those of you who do not know her, she is a naturopathic doctor. Best selling author and internationally recognized educator on mold illness. She helps people recover their health after exposure to toxic mold, and she wrote an incredible book called Break the Mold Five Tools to Conquer Mold and Take Back Your Health. Dr. Jill Krista also provides online training for medical practitioners to help them become mold literate, to efficiently and effectively identify and treat their mold sick patients. So if you are a practitioner, you can head on over to her website. We have all the resources in the show notes and you can get certified by her and learn her method. How cool is that? So let's dive into today's conversation. I know you guys are going to love this. I loved it. And I'm excited to hear what you think. Welcome back to the show, Dr. Jill. I am so excited to have you back. And actually, our previous interview was one of the most insightful interviews that I've had with people on, especially on a topic like mold that I'm not, this is not where my background is. I'm not well trained on it. And, and the way that you approach it is just so, um, not simple. I don't want simple to be mistaken for like, (laughs) it's, there's, there's not a lot of steps, but you've taken things down to a level that feels so manageable and so common sense, which I really appreciate. And I think many in my audience do as well. So I'm excited to talk today. We're gonna to be talking about bile, bile sequestrance, and how that impacts mold because I don't I don't work with mold in my practice, but I do try to spot mold cases and shuttle people to the right practitioner, especially the right doctor to get the help that they need. So thank you so much for joining us again today.
0: Thank you for having me. This is such a treat. I I love having conversation with you. We've just uh, chatted a little bit before we came on. It was just, it's fun. It's super fun. I know. I know. (laughs) So,
1: so since we're talking about bile today, I, I wonder if some folks here do not know what bile is. I know that my psoriasis people may, because mm-hmm. bile is talked about somewhat with psoriatic clients. But for those, let's just assume that everyone's not really too sure what bile is. Where it's made. Let's can we just do like a little one oh one. On bile first and, to get started. Yeah, and thanks for
0: letting me talk about bile. I am a file. so that's one of my things, <laughs> like to label myself because I feel like it's one of the most underappreciated fluids in our whole body, and where it comes in, it's a it's meant for or a lot of people think of it as part of digestion. So basically, the smell and the taste of food induces salivation, which induces stomach acid secretion. Once that hits the stomach, the next step is bile and insulin and then digestive enzymes. So it's part of that level, kind of, we think of the middle burner. So the the small intestine, that's where all of this is happening. So the bile is made in the liver and then some of it is secreted into into the intestine. Any excess is put in the gallbladder and that's where it's stored until you have a really fatty meal and then it's supposed to um, be secreted in response to eating fat or oils. If you don't have a gallbladder, you can still get better for mold because it's the liver that makes bile. So what is bile? Bile is there to help us metabolize our fats, to help keep all of the fat-soluble nutrients that we need, like vitamin D, vitamin A, vitamin K, vitamin E, all of our essential fatty acids, so the good fish oils, CoQ10, which is kind of like a fatty B vitamin is a way to think about it. So when we eat those oils, instead of having it just be lubrication and have everything kind of exit too quick, the bile is there to break up those oils and grab it and help our colon bacteria and some of our small intestine bacteria chew on that and make vitamins out of it for us. And then the bile gets down to the lower part of the colon and we recycle about 93% of it. So about that much goes back up through something called the lacteals, so that's like the lymph system of our colon, delivers it back to the liver and the liver plunks out the fat soluble vitamins that we need and puts that into circulation, sends it off to wherever it's needed, and then makes the bile kind of empty, you know, so that it can be ready to take the next trip to the colon to do its job. That works really, really well when we're trying to preserve our fat-soluble nutrients. Bile is why you don't need to take vitamin D in the summertime, and supposedly you're not supposed to need to take it in the wintertime from, you know, the original human design (laughs) is that we would be able to store that vitamin D in our gallbladder, in our tissues, in our everywhere, because of bile and the work that it does. It doesn't work really well when we have fat soluble toxins, oil soluble toxins, like mycotoxins, mold toxins. What happens then is the bile is, is getting those mycotoxins packaged up. So I'll, I'll talk through the pathway of the mycotoxin. So we breathe it in by breathing in moldy air. It comes into our respiratory passages, our sinuses, our lungs. Mycotoxins seep right into our bloodstream because they're fat soluble. They don't need to have a a carrier protein or a a key to enter the cell door. They just kind of ooze in. And that goes into our bloodstream, which means that when you're breathing mycotoxins, they can go everywhere in your system. When it passes through the kidneys, the kidneys say, ooh, that's a toxin, let's pee it out. When it gets to the liver, the liver says, that's a toxin. It's fat soluble, so we're gonna bind it up in bile or package it up in bile. I shouldn't use the word bind. And we're going to send that out to the colon to be pooped out because that's not good for us. Problem is, then that bile gets recirculated and it goes back up to the liver. Oh. Who gets to see it again and again and again and again. So it's so like... it's the, basically
1: like you can't... The mycotoxin trash, so to speak. Yep. You can't get it out of your system. Right.
0: Only 7% then gets pooped out. And so that's why we use binders in mold. Although I don't use binders as aggressively as other doctors because I have found, and and we see this from research that isn't related to mold at all, that insoluble fiber is a very effective binder of bile. So if the target is in the colon is bile that has these mycotoxins all packaged up, then really what we're trying to do is bind the bile to get pooped out. And we see it from cholesterol studies that insoluble fiber is one of the first things even conventional medicine doctors will say to start taking to reduce your cholesterol. And there's a reason for that. It's because it's carrying that out of the body. And now you don't have to recycle and recycle and recycle. I call it detoxification insanity. You're doing the same thing over again. <laughs> You're trying, expecting different results.
1: <laughs> okay. Yeah. So so many questions yes. here. Um, I, I, let's, let's jump on to the most immediate question, I think, which would be for somebody listening to this and they're like, wait, what? What would be an an example of an insoluble fiber? Yes. Since, you know, they're just good old fashioned. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I know it's,
0: it doesn't have sex appeal, so it's not getting promoted. And that is good old psyllium husk. Like just, you can go to the health food store and get clean psyllium husk fiber. That's been, you know, ground down, you can add it to your water and just drink it. You can eat flax seeds. Um, they should also be ground before you eat them because a lot of people don't have enough of the colon bacteria to break it, break that hole down. So just a little coffee grinder that's dedicated to your flax seeds, keep them in the fridge, grind up, you know, two tablespoons, three tablespoons, and sprinkle that over your food throughout the day. That's like the easiest way to do it. Chia seeds are also high in insoluble fiber and brands of all kinds. So rice bran, oat bran. People who have mold sickness tend to have fungal overgrowth. So I'm careful not to say like oatmeal unless mm-hmm. they can tolerate it because sometimes having the carbohydrate part of that that grain can be problematic for some people and cause bloating and discomfort and more skin breakouts and that kind of thing. So, But just the bran doesn't have the carbohydrate in it. It has the mm-hmm. insoluble fiber. And we've done such a good job in our society to create no insoluble fiber because it's chewy. It's hard to digest. It takes longer to eat. And so we've taken all this, the holes and the bran off of things so that people don't have to, you know, Mm -hmm. work. (laughs) But unfortunately (laughs) that bran is what is our colon bacteria's favorite food. Mm. And that's how they make...
1: That is important. Mm -hmm. I know we just said that at the same time. We're like, that's important. (laughs) It's so important. I wanted to ask you, um, I had found this paper that said that there were other foods that could be helpful in binding to bile, things like okra, beets, asparagus, eggplant, turnips, green beans, carrots, and cauliflower. Mm-hmm. So for somebody who comes across this and says, oh, well, I eat those foods all the time. Maybe not okra all the time, but they eat those other foods all the time. Do you think that those foods are sufficient? Like any thoughts on, on th- that? Well, I
0: would, I would love for food first to be the way that we mm-hmm. go. Um, And I think it really depends on the person and how much of a mycotoxin load and other chemical load that they're dealing with. So other fat-soluble nutrient types or fat-soluble toxins that they might be dealing with, like BPA, you know, like that's the plasticizers. Um, A lot of xenoestrogens are also detoxified through the bile pathway. So they have a lot of those things going on. In my experience, once we add the mold toxin, it tips you over the, the toxin load to where food alone doesn't do it. But also we have to pay attention to how those studies, what did they do to the food before they, they found that that was effective. And like in the case of okra, they dry it and they super fine grind it. And unless you get it super fine ground, it's not as effective. Oh, and so wow. you can so- actually get okra powder, the super fine ground from Frontier okay. Co-op um, yeah. in Iowa. They have, and it's the cheapest way to go, so you can add okra to your general food of this dried and super fine ground. Same thing with the beets. Um, so I think it's really, we have to understand what did they do to the food or what, you know, it's not just the eating of the food There's a there's a concentrating of the fiber part of the food and a reduction of the the hydration of the food that then makes it um, out there thirsty looking for stuff to bind to, Mm. if that makes any sense.
1: Yes, that's a really interesting point that you bring up. And and I I do want to also just for anyone listening to this, who's, you know, for sure, you've got a mycotoxin issue. I think it's important to underscore that you can't just say, "Well, I already eat this way, I already eat these things, I'm doing enough, I might not need more support. I think that's an important distinction to make because it's a different it's different. When you tip yes. over to that point where yep. you are your system is overrun with mycotoxins that
0: you it's need a, a different game.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: And there and, are foods that are more effective as a whole food, like steamed kale. In studies where we look at people with, col- with their gallbladder removed, so it's um, cholecystectomies, uh, when we look at those studies, those are great studies because they're not looking at mold. They're looking at bile. And so if we understand the path of mycotoxin, you know, again, you breathe it in, goes to the blood, goes to the liver, gets in bile, goes to the intestine. Now we're binding bile. So those are the studies I want to look at because they study really hard what are the best things that bind that up because people who are missing a gallbladder can tend to have bile dump diarrhea. They can tend to have more problems assimilating fats. They're going to have more skin expression because the skin really expresses when you're not metabolizing fat very well. So those studies show that steamed kale is about 35% as effective as a drug that can be used called cholestyramine. So, you know, like adding kale to your diet, but I still have my patients add that extra insoluble fiber Mm -hmm. because that's, what's going to help reduce the load, you know, just,
1: yeah. Is something like, like say you wanted to, somebody wanted to give the psyllium husk a try. Are they looking at like one tablespoon, three times a day, two tablespoons, three tablespoons, like how much psyllium husk are you looking at?
0: So um, the goal, the average in the studies was about two tablespoons a day, but here's my big, like bear bear caveat is no binding. If you're already bound up, mm-hmm. if you aren't having two easy bowel movements a day, I do not do binding. We work on pre binders and pre binders are the things that stimulate bile production. So that what I'm seeing is a lot of people like the, the message right now, or the narrative in mold is like, Oh you have mold sickness, go on a binder. Mm-hmm let's just take a second and assess are you pooping two times a day if you're not that's our first goal and the way that mold sick people get constipated is that there's the bile gets sluggish and bile stimulates peristalsis which is the squeezing of the tube down to get Mm. you know poop moving So if you don't have the pre-binders in place, which are things that taste bitter, these are plants and, you know, some dietary things. A lot of people are coffee dependent on their bowel movement. Coffee is a really powerful bitter, but it also has some, you know, calcium depleting action, has some (laughs) problems with, especially with psoriasis, It, it affects cyclic AMP, which just is this whole detoxification thing that we need to not be inducing. So there are other plants that can do that. And I'm not. I'm not against coffee. I just think it gets overdone. So you know, like a little, a little bit of coffee, like a normal person's cup, would be great. <laughs> but there, I love the plants that are doing this because they come with all these other nutrients that are anti-inflammatory, that are antioxidant, that are helping reset the microbiome and that kind of thing.
1: Yeah. Well, let's let's actually talk a little bit. You mentioned about um, the more potent binders like the step up when you actually need some help and um, so I'm gonna read this because it's it's a medication so cholestyramine mm-hmm. yes I got it right yeah. yeah so a friend of mine had mold issues her might um, the one mycotoxin test that her doctor ran on her showed some pretty high levels of a not so hot Thing that must have been lurking in her home. She went on this med and was told like, well, you'll probably be okay. There's some side effects, but you'll probably be okay. And she actually felt horrible. So can you talk a little bit about what is a medication? Is that, is it? common to have side effects or is it not? Um, I assume because it's a medication, it has to be prescribed by a doctor. And Mm -hmm. are there any other things like clay or charcoal or any of these other binders that might be an option as well?
0: Yeah. So it is, um, it is quite common to have side effects because the way that it is that Dr. Shoemaker was, um, teaches doctors to dose it is four times a day at a pretty high dose. And that's very hard to Manage food and supplements and things around that. Um, and the narrative there also is that if someone feels bad, it's because we've mobilized mycotoxins now. Like the body knows that we're moving things through the liver. And so now the liver's freed up to detoxify either more mycotoxins or other toxins in the body. And I have found that that is potentially a problem. Um, that's why if you do too much at one time, <laughs> that too much detoxification of anything you have to be supporting all the pathways of that detoxification steps, all the steps. And I see a lot of people that they're just focused on like glutathione, which I do use, but if you're not also supporting all of the things that help glute, help that toxic metabolite get out of the body, mm-hmm. that's a problem. A lot of people have side effects because the cholestyramine is very constipating. The problem with that is that the binding is sort of like two magnets. It can just like shh, slip right off. It's not like... Velcro. So we shouldn't even use the word binding. We should use something like attracting or something like that. It's like static cling. So if you have someone who's constipated, now that mycotoxin falls right off of the bile and now can impact the lining of the gut. These mycotoxins are very, they actually cause death to the cells in the colon. Really important. So enterocyte Yeah. So they, you can see like ulcerative colitis kind of pictures, Crohn's kind of pictures. If somebody is taking something that is making them so constipated, it's now freeing up that mycotoxin to do localized damage. And in animal studies, we see hemorrhages. So colon hemorrhage and like bleeding and things like that. So not to scare everybody, but it is quite common to see side effects. If somebody is both constipated and toxic so that's why we start with, again, the pre-binder idea of like, well, let's make sure you're going to the bathroom two times a day. Simple amino acids like taurine, which we need taurine and glycine to make bile acids. Taurine itself, if you're on a high fat diet, like a good, good fats diet, that blocks mycotoxins from impacting those, those cells. And it helps pull, bile, or pull mycotoxins out and bile out. So we don't have to, like, we have to be thinking about this from a broader standpoint. Um, one of the side effects as well is that cholestyramine also binds, it binds bile so effectively we can see a deficiency in the nutrients that we need to make bile. Mm -hmm. So taurine, which is impacts our retina, impacts our vision. A lot of people with mold sickness have vision issues. Glycine, which impacts our neurotransmitters. That's like our chill out neurotransmitter of our brain and also all of the fat soluble nutrients. So all the ADEK, essential fats, all the things that are critical for healthy glowing skin can be taken out if you're put on this, this drug, because it's so effective at grabbing bile, you deplete those nutrients.
1: Yeah, and it was um, traditionally used as a cholesterol medication. Yeah,
0: yep. And that's if somebody has like a familial cholesterolemia situation and adding insoluble fiber, like they're taking a quarter cup two times a day of insoluble fiber and you're not getting anywhere... That's when we go to the medication, and I think there are some cases. Some people say cholesterolamine made them feel uh, awesome, you know, that they felt so much better. But it does peter out, and I, I have concern about how it's how frequently it's used at that high of a dose and for such long durations. For mm. cholesterol um, high cholesterol familial types, we use a much less dose, and kind of it's this like slow creep. You're just trying to keep ahead of it, and I found that plants work really well for that.
1: Mm. What yeah. about um, like we've got activated charcoal? Mm-hmm. We've got the bentonite oh, yeah. clay. I, I've uh, z I've seen even like zeolite, which is a clay, um, basically. Okay. Yeah. yeah. What are your thoughts on those? Because I see you know all these different products, and people will ask me about different types of binders. Are those included in the in this? Or do they have the capacity to bind or? attract bile or, um, even bind with mycotoxins or they're not really all that effective.
0: They do bind to the actual mycotoxins. So in some cases where you are eating mycotoxins, and we know this from animal studies, not really from human studies where they know darn well, they're going to be feeding the animal moldy feed. Instead of cleaning up the food, they're adding charcoal, clay, zeolite to the food to try to bind up that mycotoxin in the food Either before it's eaten by the animal or while they're eating the food, um, so we do say that they're pretty effective at that. Um, I would say on the on the scale of probably the kale, like to that level, um, probably 25 to 30 percent of what a cholestyramine would do, but they do also come with their own complications. Um, charcoal, if used long term, can deplete nutrients. Um, clay as well. Some clays are also toxic with lead. So when I do need to use extra binding and some classic times would be when I'm about to put some on, start them on the antifungal part, because we will see some die off. Then I like to use like a, a product that's a, a carbonized bamboo product. And this is called, if anyone's looking, it's Takasumi Supreme. It's, a, it's also purported, although Um, I, I, even though I have Japanese speakers in my family, we couldn't find the research, but they purport that it also absorbs EMFs because it's so alkaline. It's so thirsty. Um, but I will use something like that. And I found when it's time to go beyond the insoluble fiber piece, which by the way, if people have SIBO, SIBO friendly ones are sunflower, pumpkin seed, and sesame seed. So you you can even do it if you're on the biphasic diet. Um, So if we have to go beyond that, like two, three tablespoons a day of the insoluble fibers, then I use a combination product that might have a couple of things because I'm trying to use, I'm trying to get at the bile, but also anything that might also be, you know, out there like endotoxin. People who feel really good on charcoal have a huge endotoxin load in my experience. Mm. People who feel really good on zeolite have a heavy metal toxic load as well so those are kind of when I'm looking at the whole picture of somebody and I'm trying to pick and choose but I only do them in a pulsed fashion and when we know there's going to be a predictable flare so Mm. adding antifungals is a great time to have a flare
1: (laughs) Well, (laughs) well I have to say I had I wasn't. See, this is not my wheelhouse, this whole entire conversation, because this isn't what I get into. And so I you've educated me tremendously on this topic. It also underscores to me why this is so complicated for someone who's going through mold illness. It's not a straight line. There's not one way. And that's what I'm hearing from you. There's not one way. If you just do this step and that step and this and, you know, 10 or 20 steps down the road, you'll be better. It doesn't sound like it's as simple and that because there is so much you know, we have different genetic factors. We have, obviously people live in different homes. They've got different nutrient issues, different dietary factors, different levels of dysbiosis, even within mm-hmm. their GI tract or their bodies, um, all sorts of things. It does make it complicated. And, and it is one reason why, like I've had, had uh, you know, been even contacted on Instagram and say, oh, do you deal with mold? And I'm like, no, you should go see a doctor. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but people can like, do a ton to yes. improve their picture you know that's I'm all about empowerment like I'm trying to change that narrative that it is complicated mm-hmm. I think it's lengthy mm-hmm. I think it's individualized which is what I'd really tried to convey in my book is like okay these are the tools some of them there are many many that we can use for each section pick and choose the ones that match for mm-hmm. you and if you're using whole foods and plants um, and you know, plants make it so easy because they have these multiple mechanisms of action. We're improving a whole lot of things with just like one or two plants. I mean, that's what yeah. they're put on the planet for, but I do think, you know, that it can, some people can get really sick and they need, they need a skilled practitioner because everyone will have mold sickness in a different way because it's mm-hmm. fat soluble. It can go to lots of different places. So the other yeah. bile things that we see, if somebody gets depleted with, cholestyramine use or, you know, too much gunky bile, bile does all this other stuff for the gut, which then affects, you know, how your skin looks and all those things. Like it has, it will itself being in the colon, it will increase secretory IgA. And we talked about how mycotoxins can damage the lining of the gut. It will, by the presence of it in the colon, it will bring um, intestinal cells to the surface. I think of it like shark teeth. Like if a shark loses a tooth, another one just, you know, comes up. That's what bile is doing for our gut. And it helps improve your vision. I mean, it's just, it's amazing. It's an amazing fluid. So the
1: point here isn't to be like anti bile. We need our bile, Yes. but we can't, but there's that balance point. You don't want to go too far. Going too far and getting rid of too much bile could actually have very negative unintended consequences. You got it. Essentially. Yeah. Yep. Well, so first of all, you've got an excellent book we've talked Thank about you. before. Um, that's available. Tell us a little bit about the book and where people can get it.
0: Yeah. It's uh, on my website on Amazon, Barnes and Noble. If you don't like to support Amazon, you can go to Ingram. <laughs> that's like an indie place. And if you're in Canada, I don't know if you have Canadian listeners, we now finally have distribution in Canada through Ingram. So that's where I can get it.
1: Awesome. And tell everybody the name of the book.
0: Break the Mold, Five Tools to Conquer Mold and Take Back Your Health.
1: Yeah, it's a great resource for anybody who's curious about this. And then if you are a practitioner listening, um, more so on the the doctor side of the spectrum, um, Dr. Krista has a really amazing uh, training program to, and also a list. So if you're, if you're a patient and you're looking for help, you can go and seek out a mold certified physician mm-hmm. who has gone through her training. So either you can go through her training as a doctor, or if you're a patient, you can look for someone who's gone through it. That way you know that you're working with someone who has this level of experience and knowledge and um, understands how to individualize the process for you based on what is presenting which I think is really important and awesome. And so um, I just wanna thank you so much for being here again. I know you are so busy, so it's a huge (laughs) honor to have you back. And hopefully, hopefully we'll have another conversation all on mold again sometime.
0: Yep, sounds good. Thank you so much.
1: I hope that you found this conversation as insightful and enlightening as I did, and that will inspire you to go grab Dr. Joe Krista's book, Break the Mold, if you have not already done so, because it definitely is worthwhile checking out. For all of the resources and links that Dr. Krista and I discussed, you can head on over to skinterrupt.com forward slash 214. There you can access everything, including her practitioner training link, if you are a practitioner and interested in becoming mold literate. And you can also leave your questions and comments there so we can keep the conversation going. This is an excellent episode to share with someone that you believe is dealing with mold illness, whether they're struggling with skin issues or not. Skin may not be their primary issue. They may be concerned about mold exposure in their home, their place of work, their car, et cetera. You guys know we've talked a lot about this on the Healthy Skin Show. And so this could be helpful, especially because helping Mold and mycotoxins leave the body is incredibly important to regaining a healthy sense of well being and balance in your life. And then, before you head off for your day, as I asked, make a point to rate and review the Healthy Skin Show. That way, someone else can be inspired to tune in based off your recommendation. Then hit the subscribe button. That way, you never miss a weekly dose of hope, inspiration, tips research, and our amazing guests here that are all trying to help you get to that place where you can rebuild healthy skin. Thank you so much for tuning in and I look forward to seeing you in the next episode.